Hey, welcome to another Mostly Skateboarding sticker commercial. I'm your host, Templeton Elliott, and I'm here to let you know that there's only one way to get the new Mostly Skateboarding stickers. I guess they're not that new anymore, but they're still awesome. Um, that's by making a donation to the Kevin Wilkins Fund on GoFundMe. So far, we've raised over $350 for Kevin to help him in his fight against prostate cancer. You guys probably know that Kevin recruited me for the skateboard mag. Uh, what's your story with Kevin, Mike? I met him at a skateboard contest in the Twin Cities. Been blogging a bunch about skateboarding at PlatinumSeagulls.com. But Sam McGuire, another buddy who was living in the TC at the time, uh, had, had started to shoot some photos with Kevin. And so uh, basically we were angling to get me some writing jobs. And that's exactly what happened. So, uh, yeah, that spun into being a staff writer for the Skateboard Mag for a couple of years. Damn, I didn't know you were a staff writer. Oh yeah, buddy. I was I was on the masthead, get this, with Dave Carney, Paul Zitzer, and Rob Brink. Kevin helped me and Mike out, plus countless others. So donate at least ten dollars to the Kevin Wilkins Fund, forward your seat to mostly skateboarding at gmail.com along with your mailing address, and I'll send you some stickers. You can uh, get a link to that GoFundMe and all the information you need in this week's show notes. Alright, now on to the show. Hey, welcome to the Mostly Skateboarding Podcast. I'm your host, Templeton Elliott, and I'm joined this week by Mike Munzenreiter and Patrick Kagongo. Today, we're talking about the guilt we feel from not skating. But first, Jankum had a big get this week when they sat down with Werner Herzog to talk skate videos. Jankum was at their best this week when they sat down with the fame director uh, to get his take on skate videos. Patrick, what did you think? I was really blown away. I'm amazed that they were able to keep a lid on this for as long as they did. It was, first of all, I love the fact that Werner Herzog approaches skating with a very visible sense of reverence. He really respects it. He respects skateboarders. And I I am hesitant to think that there are any other directors who have that sort of appreciation for something like skating. It was almost like you were showing him a beautiful piece of art. And his suggestion that a clip filmed at Venice Skate Park should be soundtracked by Russian Orthodox choir music, that was amazing. There was just something about that that just really, it really tugged at the heartstrings and it just made me think, wow, he, he really thinks it's that dope. Maybe we need to look at skateboarding with a little bit more pride and a little more reverence. I mean, this is, Homeboy gave us Fitzcarraldo, Grizzly Man. I mean, Mike, what did you think? I mean, because like, I was pretty blown away, first of all, that they were able to get this, and second of all, that it was as good as it was. Yeah, I think so much of the enjoyment that comes out of it is like an inherent thing with skaters where an outsider who's cool, that's got to be underlined, who is cool, like just so obviously gets skateboarding for its strange wonderfulness and beauty and etc you know like there was that jordan peterson quote that went around for a while but like that dude's obviously a sh shithead so that but yeah we just we, we, we i think skateboarding makes so little sense to other people like be it parents cops teachers etc again that like when someone just can even grok it at all we just get psyched so that's so much of it and then there was that reverence that you were talking about patrick where you know it, it, it was just intuitive to herzog and that jumped out in the video templeton what what, what were your you know why did you want to talk about this too i mean i wanted to talk about it because it was kind of like the big news of the week i think everybody in our circles was was talking about it and yeah like like you guys were saying it's it's rad to see somebody of such high standing or stature in the filmmaking world looking at skateboarding and getting it and treating it with with like respect and reverence he was like a ski jumper as a kid i guess and it makes me think like would we skaters look at ski jumping with the same uh respect and reverence you know or some other activity you know like rollerblading or longboarding or something else like um it kind of has me a little introspective about like how I view other activities or whatever. I think it's it might be ski jumping that is informing his opinion of skating, that he understands the dedication that is required to execute a trick, right? Just to try a trick. And I think he also understands it too because, you know, skiing, 
you know, you're strapped into the skis. You can bail on a skateboard. It's very hard to to bail on skis. Uh, skiing can be deadly. And also there is the fact that you have to be in tune with your environment when you're skiing, just like when you're skating. And so I think that skate, excuse me, skiing might actually be informing his worldview in the, in a similar way to the way that skating shapes our worldview as skaters, that we don't just look at architecture as architecture. We see a spot. You know, we, we think a lot about how things look on film. And I think, you know, I think about Spike Jones, for example, who started off as a skate and BMX photographer, did video days. Video days led him to do 100% by Sonic Youth. And that got him into music videos for like a solid decade. And then he started doing movies. And then your man's now he's got an Academy Award. I, I think, is he the only person in the entire Academy who has done a handrail, who can skate steps? Because apparently he's, he still skates, according to that epically later from um, that very good season they did on Vice. But, um, but back to Herzog, I, he, I think he gets it not just, not just intuitively. I think that there's things that he's done as an athlete but also to, as a creative person. And he sees, you know, those are serving as his reference points when he's looking at skating. And I don't know. I think it's also because, um, I don't know, I guess you, wa- you, like, you watch this clip and you're just like, damn, skating really is cool. I mean, for both of y'all, <laughs> when was the last time you watched, say, a skate video and you thought, wow, I can't believe I do this? Like, like you were really, really, really proud. Good question. Damn, it, it's been a minute. You mean like, like I watched... A, you know a greg hunt video and i was like I'm, I'm proud to be amongst skateboarders as a collective or you mean like you know watching my iphone clip that i filmed at you know the curb spot and feeling proud of the slappy cook i did <laughs> <laughs> i mean why not both i mean like aaron Mesa makes me feel that way like ftc like damn or he also did the one of the mason silva clips last year he, he had a i think yeah, he the was uncredited. i think yeah he was uncredited which is wild to me but like that stuff makes me super proud. But especially the like FTC too, or maybe like like Zoo York uh, mixtape, stereo, a visual sound. Those those things where you feel like you could throw those on for people who don't skate, but who are into kind of creative or artsy stuff, and they'd be like, "I feel this. I like this." Yeah, I'd be interested to see what Herzog thought or would think of those those kind of videos that try to be a little like filmmakery you know like what what would he think of the the skits and the girl videos or like what would he think of las nueve vidas de paco because i think if you took the skating out of las nueve vidas de paco it would be like not a very good movie (laughs) (laughs) i mean we don't know they did that what shoestring budget out in the desert like probably no script no storyboard like had no idea what the hell they were doing but you're right. Like, say, I, somebody should make that edit and put it on YouTube. <laughs> that is a good idea. You know, I'm trying to think of kind of more impressionistic skate videos, though. Like, I just tried to Google it. Brian Lottie made a couple of a couple First of and films. Hope. First and Hope. You know, that's mm-hmm. that. Even that's a little. Was it Thomas Campbell? Was it a Thomas Campbell video, you guys? Yeah, that oh, that one was yeah. Thomas Campbell, and then there's like Yield Destruction. And, like, for me, like, I watch those videos, and I'm just like, fuck, get on with it. Like, none yeah. of this is interesting. Like, I just want to see the skating. Mm-hmm. Cuatro, se- cuatro sueños pequeños. Apologies to all Spanish speakers for that. But, you know, it, it, it is hard to say what what would actually appeal to someone who's got just such a probably distinct mind and idea of what cinema is, you know, capital C. I do have what is probably my favorite video of the past 15 years now you know the polar video we blew it at some point that's like the melding of just straight tricks and maybe not a narrative but kind of like scenes of skateboarding if you will just the way it melds yeah personality bails it's continuous um i always think of that as like one of the best technically produced skateboard videos i've ever seen so oh yeah Yeah, i fully agree i think with that one like I think it might be hard for Herzog or anyone outside of skateboarding to like fully appreciate it because I think a, a big part of We Blew It at some point is Dane Brady and the like anticipation and like feeling like like oh he's, he's popped up here and there like oh maybe he's not going to have a part and then mm. like it, like 
there's so much anticipation built up in that that if you're not aware of like that you should be excited about that then like you kind of lose that feeling but i do think like i agree with you mike like that's one of the best skate videos ever made and certainly the best in recent memory so it'd be interesting to get it get herzog's take on uh on the polar video yeah it's it also has a, a very kind of genuine and warm feeling about it too i think that's the other reason why polar resonates with a lot of folks and that actually leads me to something I was thinking about looking at some old issues of Thrasher and Slap from the mid-90s, you know, while preparing for this. And I was thinking about when Stereo dropped Tin Can Folklore in 96, and they had the misfortune of releasing that video the same year that Trilogy, Mouse, and Welcome to Hell were all released. And it kind of got lost in the shuffle, and Jason Lee had... I think he had departed from Stereo, and the company was on its le- in its first version was on its way out. And I think a lot about how my tastes changed so much from when I was 15 to say by the time I was 25. And, you know, for y'all, like, did you find like, as you've gotten older, that did you like, okay, looking back, you know, being as old as we are, did you ever find that there was a place where you were really, really, really into out there skate videos with not much skating, which were just like, for example, like the first Supreme video, was it A Love Supreme, which kind of looks like it was intended to to be displayed on the TVs in front of the shop as opposed to be something to be watched and get you get you stoked for a session. Yeah, I think for me, like I was never really into the artsy videos. One one that really stands out to me is a Volcom video called Chichigoff, which I got like, you know, for five bucks at like the skate shop long after it came out. You know, they were just trying to get rid of it and I was just trying to watch a new video. And I just want to see the tricks. Like, I'm just, like, a basic bitch with skating in that way. <laughs> yeah, and I, I do remember somebody, I mean, in 96, when Tin Can Folklore came out, we were mad young, you know, 14, 15. Somebody bought it, we watched it, and we were like, what the fuck? <laughs> we, we didn't get it. And I yeah. think that, you know, that that's kind of informed my video watching up until a point. I just think it's it's really hard to do something that's what's what's the right way to say it, you know, really not skateboarding that makes sense in terms of skateboarding. Mm-hmm. I mean, of co- you know, it's like grew up on mouse and then backtracked and watched goldfish, and so like the non-skate stuff is like the you know the 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 pogo sticking sketch where <laughs> you know that's still very much skateboarding. Yeah, I wish I could think of a more not skating thing that makes sense to me, but I, I guess I'm kind of yeah, I'm I'm left wanting. Is is there anything you can think of, Patrick? Mm, in terms of videos that um, kind of shifted my perception of what a skate video should be, or yeah, or how hmm, just just uh, in that tin can folklore, which is very you know the way I remember it, it, less skating than than I'd like. I think it's a it's a delicate. I'll kind of answer this question backwards. I think it's a delicate balancing act, right? Because Mouse and Goldfish have just the right amount of skits. Like, if I could draw a comparison, they're a bit like Prince Paul skits on the first three De La Soul albums, right? Because it was Prince Paul who invented skits on hip-hop albums, and it works so well, right? Like, they're a little bit, you know, they're a bit tongue-in-cheek. They're not too long, they're kind of funny in a sort of junior high, early high school kind of way, but yeah. they work really, really well. And some of them, like the parable, the one about the pogo stick, have actually aged really well. I think, like with Ten Can Folklore, like if you compare it to a visual sound, right? Like a visual sound was, when I was a teenager, what I thought was, because I saw uh, a visual sound later on. I saw that probably when I was 16 or 17. And that's where you about that time where you start to become a little bit more self-conscious and, you know, your idea of cool is starting to really cement, right? And that was, to me, visual sound was so cool. I mean, it was jazz, it's black and white, super 8, 16 millionaire, clean skating, you know, crisp outfits. I mean, it was one of those videos that really made me think, I wish I could skate like that, even though it was all menace all the time and baggy pants and being cool, whatever. <laughs> But but no, that was like that was the ideal. That's especially like Ethan Fowler and Jason Lee with the button downs. Studying French 
you know, we got to watch a lot of really out there movies starting at first starting in high school. I had a couple of teachers who were very good. And then in, you know, in college, I took a couple of French film courses and then I really got to see some out there stuff. Um, <laughs> and that actually really upped my tolerance for, you know, kind of out there and weird things in skating. I think also in the early 2000s, like tilt mode, like when that came out and that's not a particularly artsy video, but it's very funny. Right. Yeah. And you can, it's a kind of like a good time video. That was that and CKY were very, very good at parties. But um, yeah, I think the I think for me it was the it was the things I was learning at school, the, the things I was reading about that really were kind of like starting to shift my taste in skate videos, right? And and especially now that anybody can make a video and put it out, I mean, I love it. Like it, it's it's so awesome. But then I, I guess you know we've talked about much more thoughtful and creative and you know, boundary pushing skate videos. What do you think somebody like Herzog would think about the DC video, the end fully flare, like videos where it's like, we got a budget and we're trying to make this, you know, we're trying to make this big time. You think he would react in the same way? I don't know. Like part of me thinks that Werner Herzog is actually just like an incredibly polite person. And if you ask him <laughs> to comment on something that he, that you clearly love, he's going to be nice about it. But it'd be interesting to give him a stack of videos and just be like, rate these videos. Like, FYI, there's some great work in here and there's also a couple of stinkers. So, like, don't feel bad about talking shit. That would be interesting to hear. Yeah, I'm torn <laughs> on it. I'm torn on it with, you know, someone was kind enough to write the quote, some of the quotes in our notes. That's kind of my people. And or, you know, that was a clean one. There, I, I don't know. Maybe I'm just reading it and being optimistic. It seems like, you know, there was something clicking with it. I would say, and, you know, all, all due respect to, you know, our former guest, Greg Hunt, who made the DC video, like, that one is just kind of so straightforward. Like, so many of those big videos, big event videos of the past were just so straightforward tricks in music. But I think that, the, you know, even tricks in music, like, you know, you build and like there's the slow-mo and like the roll-up and b-roll. So there's like, you know, there's filmmaking in those videos where it's just like a straight video. It's not just like, yeah, I just threw everything on a timeline and slapped a song that I like on it. There's, no there's like artistry there. And I think that, you know, anybody watching it can understand that even if they don't understand that like, you know, that's a kickflip and that's a switch kickflip. Like, I mm -hmm. think, I think that the music can like lead you there and, you know, if, Anybody, any filmmaker worth their salt is gonna is gonna do that. I, I wonder what like Welcome to Hell. I mean, really is one of the best videos ever in the trick you know tricks in music genre. Oh yeah, I mean oh yeah, like Jamie Thomas Jamie, is an underrated filmmaker. I would love to see Jamie Thomas's talents for excuse me music supervision. I would love to see him as a music supervisor. And maybe even as an editor for another company, because I would love to see. Can, can you imagine if he just he's like Jamie Thomas? We want you to come do a video for Krill Tap. Oh, he's incredible at that shit. He, it would he, be. I don't know. He should like. That, how is that not a lane in skating? Do you guys remember back in the day on uh, April Fool's Day, all the comic artists would switch comics? Mm-hmm. Oh my god. Yep. We need that for skate for skate videos. That would be amazing. So it'd be like, Greg Hunt is going to do a palace video. And... Yeah, like Lev does a frog video. Or like <laughs> <laughs> or Lev does a Krill Tap video. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I exactly. See, I want to see Ty do the frog video. Yes. <laughs> Ty Evans. It's like, it's like, yo, I got the drone shot and I got the helicopter for the slappy 5-0. <laughs> the slappy got the walkie-talkie going. He's just like, all right, we ready? <laughs> Jesse, do it again. You're going to have to look like you care even less. <laughs> everybody back to one <laughs> we got the chopper ready <laughs> ready when you are Ty <laughs> I, it, would be, it would be interesting it, it would be interesting but you know thinking about different directors like what do y'all think different directors would think about skate videos yeah it'd be interesting to see like you know what does somebody like Michael Bay think of a skate video or like he only likes the intro to fully flared yeah, <laughs> it's like it's genius. <laughs> he, he's just doing chef's kiss the whole way through. Right. 
Never been so more inspired in my life. Would he, would he like Tim and Henry's? Who's doing Tim and Henry's? What do you think? I don't know. I, for some reason, I feel like Michael Bay would like it just because of the soundtrack. I need to watch Tim and Henry's again. I feel like, I, like Patrick, you always bring up these these videos that we grew up on, and I'm just like, fuck, like I watched that video like five times 20 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> but Welcome to Hell like, is like burned into my psyche. Oh, yeah. I think Michael Bay would like Welcome to Hell, especially Jamie Thomas. Yeah, they're easy to get. I also mm-hmm. think Transworld videos, when when they had the, the, the little interviews and stuff, I think those are also really easy to get for outsiders. You know what was, this is not exactly on the director's tip, but the, one of the most enjoyed by non-skaters videos that I ever brought into the mix was Bees 2 from oh, yeah. Milwaukee. Yeah. I don't know if you guys have experienced the Bees videos. I think there were three, but... Um, you know, late to late late two thousand, so like two thousand eight, two thousand nine. You put bees two on. It was a uh, mix of avant garde skateboard tricks and like D movie clips and weird ass music and maybe some like straight up bangers. And people would watch that. People would sit down for the full half hour. Yeah, I had a friend send me a DVD of that. It's just like you got to check this out, and I was not disappointed. Yeah, yeah. I actually I got. I got my copy of Bees 2. For the life of me, I can't remember Bees 1. Bees 3 is good, but but the second one is the best. Josh Ellis, who does WISKate.com still to this day, and the, you know one of the guys behind the Bees franchise. I was at Cream City Skate Park in Milwaukee, and he handed me like a printer paper folded up sleeve with a DVD in it, and he watched this. And so two days later, you know, once the PBR had worn off uh it was, it was a time it was a time you guys got home watched it and my mind was expanded so uh i know bees 2 is on youtube if you need to check it out b e e z numeral two linked in the oh, show notes for sure. for sure there actually go. all right i got a i got a big one for y'all i got a hard-hitting question for y'all so mtv this year marks the 40th anniversary of mtv we all grew up in mtv i still mind blown like there's videos that are burned in my memory in the same way that skate videos are and probably about a decade ago actually no even more actually 2003 i think it was palm pictures started releasing a series called director's label of collected works by different music video directors so obviously spike jones michelle gondry uh stefan sidnawi who did give it away by the chili peppers anton corbain Daryl's depeche mode and some u2 stuff mark romanek Jonathan Glazer, right? Could you picture something similar for skating? Are there any, you know, how many video makers, how many filmmakers in skating are there that you could put together like a DVD and you feel like it would tell like a cool narrative and you feel like I've been watching this person's work for however many years. It's so cool to have it all in one place. Yeah, I think Ty Evans, like I think Ty Evans has had like a super interesting career arc. You know, like think about, the Planet Earth video, Silver, which was like a really good straight yeah. skate video. And then Rhythm Genesis, like you can see some stuff happening there. And then at Transworld, I imagine he like kind of had more resources and a little more freedom. And also the like constantly looming deadlines. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then like his work for Girl Chocolate and then like going into We Are Blood. You know, it's, it's like a hell of a hell of a ride. Yeah. Who else? Uh, Sock. I'm- Socrates Leo. What I mean, did he do stuff after like trilogy? Like I don't know. I, I, I feel like yeah. he was more like he was the like a dude man. in the credits. Yeah, mm. but not I like know, I, I feel like he the... wasn't like a dude with a vision. Mm. I don't know. Wasn't he also in the editing bay for at least a couple of those videos? I mean, I I mean, I guess yeah. There was a world box set that came out, but I guess one that spans like like you had mentioned, like um, Ty Evans, like somebody whose work spans multiple companies, somebody who's worked in a lot of different organizations and whose style has grown and has changed, like and just having it in one place. You you just said I was gonna say, and then you said style has grown and changed. I I always want to bring up Aaron Meza, who I think is just one of the best most subtle video makers in terms of music and just simple smart editing subtle editing um so much of it like you know he did the ftc videos early on he did the first two had hands in 
the 90s girl and chocolate stuff and was doing so many like trip edits that ended up as internet edits for Crail Tab. And I guess he's a weird one because it, it doesn't jump out at you, but you know an Aaron Meza edit when you see it. Like, I think, did he do the first Beauty and the Beast, the girl edit, at least for that? I think so. Like, there's just kind of a, a subtlety and whimsy that that he brings to the way videos are put together. And it is the music choices again. Maybe he doesn't work out for that, like, auteurs DVD, but he's a favorite of mine. I, I don't know. I, I think, like, a collected works of Aaron Mazo would be good because it's almost, like, it's hard to even think of it, but if you could put it all in one place and be like, oh, shit, like, this guy's portfolio is amazing. Like, you know, he did all these things just kind of, like, just put them out no big deal whatever i'm yeah. like you know working in the office over at Crail tap and i like made these videos sure whatever so yeah i think a collected works would be kind of would be kind of great for Mesa. you know he might have the coolest skateboard media career <laughs> of anyone in yeah. terms of the video stuff and then also editing skateboarder during its heyday not you know 1970s notwithstanding yeah i'd love to have a career like Mesa's. <laughs> yeah Absolutely, and he is—he was on a, a team that did um, a skate trivia team at that skate trivia night that they had at Black some years back, and he was on a team with a bunch of other industry heads, and they crushed it. They were so good. Oh, I think that it was like a, they got a near perfect score. And my team, by contrast, came in sixth out of I think it was something like twelve teams. Okay. We, did, we weren't that terrible, but compared to that, they were so good. They crushed everybody. I mean, they—they they lived that history. You know, it's. <laughs> hard to compete with that yeah <laughs> i'm gonna make a big claim me and my buddy dennis he runs familia skate shop one of the skate contests out here used uh, maybe they did it two years because this stuff is hard to hard to keep up they did a trivia night with one of the contests and i beat dennis and i beat jason rothmeyer and john muldoon twin cities legend former good times pro mm -hmm. in a trivia game by like, you know, 2.5 points or something on, on a technical, not on a technicality, but like on a random answer that we got right. So that, that's my big trivia claim to fame. Me w is still a W. A win <laughs> is a win. You take the dubs. Rothmeyer, though. Uh, he's one of those cats who's like still, he's still in the industry, right? Yeah, he does New Balance stuff. Okay, yeah, yeah. And I'm trying to think what else. Like he's one he's actually had like a kind of like a very interesting career. Was he on was he on Santa Cruz? Yeah, I think foundation. So. Okay, yeah. That's where I remember him from. Yeah, he went straight from pro to judging you know, like to background dark man industry stuff. Mm -hmm. <laughs> not <laughs> Is that what we're calling it now? No, uh not not quite full dark man, but you know, behind the scenes stuff. You know, like, I was like, who is the Euro TM? I've <laughs> <laughs> uh, done a couple of things here and there for a couple of companies. No, but, like, th those folks always have cool stories, especially contest announcers. No yeah, doubt. they're in the mix in so many different places and so many opportunities to get wild. I, I just came up with one other, like, hey, director, hey, movie director, peep this shit type situation. I want to show Martin Scorsese, the uh, Steadicam god, you know, the, the long single cut moving through the restaurant. I want to show him, like, Jacob Harris lines where Fool is alling down, like, seven stairs and alling up curbs after and just, like, you know, basically, basically one of the best, you know, pick out your favorite Tom Knox line where Homeboy is, like, holding a VX-1000 and show it to Scorsese and say, like, you got this? <laughs> yeah, that'd be good. Especially paired with, like, a behind-the-scenes look at what, Jacob <clears throat> at what Jacob Elliott Harris is actually doing. You know, because I think, I think sometimes you got to see the behind-the-scenes to really appreciate. Because we all just know what's going on. Mm -hmm. Sometimes I swear. Sometimes I swear I don't. I think it was that Mallorca video where... You know, they just loped out at that plaza and do it, it. Sometimes it doesn't compute, at least for me, where it's like he's all in the stairs and yet you don't know it. It's right. incredible. You ever do that type of shit at uh, Templeton? 
Uh, I mean, I could take like a three or four stare. You just go fast and send it. But yeah, once you have to like click your tail, yeah, the camera gets pretty shaky. Yeah, like ollie up a curb or something is no problem. So y'all would want to just hand Scorsese the cameras like, yo, we need you for the second angle. Get to work, man. <laughs> well, no, I'm I just... Gonna... Who, who was, who was cin- cinematographer for Goodfellas? Because, like, that wasn't even Marty's... That wasn't even Marty's job, man. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know, actually. Did they win an... I hope they won an award. Or was it... Was it snubbed? Platinum in the I streets, think... at the very least. I don't know, but... Yeah, like uh, that Mallorca clip. I think it was, I want to say it was an Atlantic Drift with, maybe it was Tom Knox? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that takes an incredible amount of planning, like setting up all the boards. If you're like stepping off and running alongside the skater and having a board ready. like, And then, you know, what if they decide like, hey, I'm going to go off and veer off in a completely different direction. How can you, how quickly can you react? How quickly can you think? Speaking of cameras, I love the fact that Herzog is just kind of, when, when Ian from Jenkins asks him, you know, is there any particular camera that you are in love with? You know, have you fallen in love with a camera before? He's like, nah. I wonder if it would have been a lens, maybe. Mm-hmm. Well, we all know every skater's favorite lens. Deadly. We should give Ian Mikna, founder of Jenkins, some props on being like straight cool, all warmth. I mean, Jenkins can sometimes still resurrect like, you know, asking about jerking off. He didn't ask her <laughs> about anything in that line. So um, props for him. Props to Ian for, like, you know, make it, making the video as enjoyable as it was. Because, it, like, the sincerity of it, I think, rang true to so many people. And, like, made it what it was. It was great. Mm-hmm. It was delightful. That, that is the word I used on Twitter. Delightful. Delightful, yeah. yeah. Something you, sh- you can show your parents. They'd be like, that's cool. I like that. That's weird and nice. <laughs> yeah, and I'd, I'd say it's Jenkum at its best. You know, oh, yeah. Like, yeah. So I mean, it's a Patrick, a, you know, it's, it's like on, on par with a Patrick Agongo article on Jenkum. Um, <laughs> but, it, you know, it's it completely out of left field. Why is Jenkum talking to Werner Herzog? Like, why? <laughs> That's what why I mean. Not? Like, I, I think that Jenkum is so good at just finding that thing that nobody else even thought of. Yeah. And uh, making something really cool out of it. We're in a time of year when nice days are few and far between. So when the sun comes out and the ground dries up, we all hear the call to go skate. But life gets in the way sometimes and the call can go unanswered. Mike, do you ever feel guilty for not skating? Yes, but I need to dwell for a moment as a Minnesotan wondering about like what you're talking about ground thawing at this time of year. I'm snowed in. But um, to actually address the question once more, yeah, um, I do feel guilty. And actually, I think the, the nub of this topic grew out or started two weeks ago on a Saturday when I woke up. My wife is like, are you going skating? And I said, no, I don't want to. I don't feel like skating. And then uh, I think last weekend it was that Patrick tweeted something like, just feeling guilty about it, just, just expressing those, those feelings and um it's absolutely real and there's there's a lot of a lot of different reasons that i feel that way patrick what what was your scenario you you took a day well you had the day off or you had few responsibilities and all of a sudden you were talking about it on the internet yeah um my wife was taking uh my mother-in-law to go get her first covid vaccine it was a sunny day after it had rained the it was a sunday it had rained on friday and on saturday dry out absolutely beautiful crystal clear skies like perfect hoodie weather and i said you know what i kind of just want to read the newspaper maybe go for a quick drive around you know up and down la brea drive into hollywood drive around come back maybe walk around the neighborhood but i guess there's this part of me just said felt like i didn't really want to and it feels weird right It, it feels very very weird admitting that because when you're a teenager, all you want to do is skate. If you're skating in your 20s, right, and you know, you're not living at home, if you're not living at home, if you're living on your own, you know, you're just like, I'm trying to take advantage of as much time as possible just being out and exploring and experiencing the world. And, you know, like, like what? My wife and I have, what, we've been together almost seven years. We've lived together for coming on five. And I go skating all the time, but there are some days where I just feel like, eh, don't care. 
don't care. It, it's like I actually would rather be watching skate videos and kind of taking it all in because like yeah, there's a DIY near my house, but sometimes I get tired and I'm like, oh, I want to go skate a park, but then that actually involves like, okay, do I really want to? I have to pick one. Do I want to go there? I don't really, I haven't really wanted to skate street because downtown LA, for example, has been like a fortress, uh, partially because of the protests. Uh, from last year, and on also because of the insurrection on the Capitol. So who really wants to deal with that? Like having a sidewalk street, sidewalk street, people whiling? No, thank you. I mean, Templeton, like, what's your vibe? Like, when you when you don't want it, like, when you decide not to skate, like, what's, what's driving your guilt, if there's any guilt? Or are you just like, ah, I don't want to? Uh, I feel like, like, I have to admit, like, I haven't skated in a really long time. Like, I have not skated this year. Uh, and then a few weeks before the end of the year. So it's it's been a while, and, like, this this whole year I haven't skated very much, so I've kind of, like, jettisoned any guilt I might have about that. You know, like, I, I feel guilty about plenty already. I don't need to feel guilty about <laughs> not skating. So, yeah, I just, I, like, I'm always trying to be productive with my time, you know? Like, if I get a free a free moment, you know, it's like, okay, like, can I like squeeze a session in or whatever? And then like sometimes, a lot of times it's just like, I've got an hour. It'll take me like 15 minutes to drive to the thing. Then I'll skate for like 30 minutes and then 15 minutes back. And then like, do I really want to just skate for 30 minutes. Like I barely be warmed up. So yeah, a lot of times it's just like not worth it to go skate. But I think my mental health is suffering for it. I need to do some self-care sessions soon. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's the thing. Like it's weird because th- there are folks who... You know, there are folks who say that, um, like, why are you not skating? Like, you should be, you know, you have a day off. You're not, you know, you have, you're not working. You're not doing anything. you got no responsibility. It's like, sometimes you just want to enjoy that vibe. Right. <laughs> skating is a bit more of a responsibility as an adult because you have a lot less free time. You know, you have responsibilities. You have jobs. You have relationships. you got friendships. You know, I think it's important for skaters to develop other hobbies, you know, get into, you know, if you like to read, you should read. If you like to knit or to make art, you know, if you like to work out, hell yeah. I, I don't know. It's weird. Like, I feel like I am far more disciplined about working out than I am with skating. And that's, I don't know, I feel like that's kind of a problem. That's what I feel guilty about. That even on days when I do not want to exercise, I'm just like, okay, I'm doing it, damn it. Yeah, I'm certainly not disciplined with my skating. You know, I'd pro- if, I, if I was, I'd probably know how to do nollie heel flips. But yeah, it's easy to be like, you know, skating is like a fun thing and i've got like you know this not fun thing that needs to get done like i gotta clean out the gutters or mow the lawn or whatever like it's easy to to not skate because you have those other responsibilities but i Mm -hmm. think i think for me personally i need to like move skating higher on the priority list so that i actually do skate because one of the reasons i haven't been skating is i hurt my back while i was mopping Um, what yeah which i think is partially due to the fact that i've been not skating and basically not being physically active at all so mopping was just like too much for my feeble back so mm. I, I need to get more active somehow damn you, yeah you just you just touched upon something i think i know why there's that guilt right but also that conflict the guilt comes from the fact that you are not using free time to go skateboarding right because skating brings us such joy the conflict comes from the fact that as you get older Tricks come slower. The session starts later, right? If you say like, "Oh, okay, I'm gonna go skate for two hours," the first hour is gonna be slow. If you if you are 35 plus, that first hour of skating is gonna be, you might have a little stretching, skate a little flat, skate a curb, right? If you're at a park, you're gonna keep it simple. You're not you're not going heavy. It's really not until about 90 minutes, two hours in that you actually are starting to feel loose. And maybe if you've got the stamina and you got like that third and fourth hour. Like you're going for like a full session, right? That you're actually like you're getting tricks, like you're feeling good. And when you're you know dealing with what I like to call adult situations, do you really have four or five hours, six hours on a Saturday for something no. where you like you're really gonna have like you're really gonna have like a window of maybe like 35, 45 minutes of awesomeness, and the rest is gonna be ramping up or cooling down. That's a big sacrifice. <laughs> I might have brought it up before, but. My kid's older now, but when she was, let's say, nine months old, and just constant, constant vigilance and work for everybody, 
I got in the habit of like, all right, I can only not be guilty if I skate for only two hours, two hours tops, like 120 minutes, you're done. Get your ass back to the house. And that instilled in me a like, okay, you know, make sure you stretch out your Achilles enough so that it doesn't explode doing X, Y, or Z, but you're skating your ass off from the get-go for two hours straight. Like, oh, you want to talk to me at the session? No, get out of my face, fool. You don't know what my you don't know what my time constraints are. And, you don't uh, socialize at the spot? You know what? It's a bad habit. Most of the time, it, you know, it's kind of like, and maybe in the first hour, you know, if I if I'm going if I've got two hours and I'm gonna do it, first hour it's 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 we gotta get this. So, you know, as 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 the the only one with kids on this on this call, as we say <laughs> nowadays, different perspective there. Shoot, mm. what else was I gonna add? Yeah, I I think it is interesting too, like the lack of variables. You know, where it used to be like, oh, you know, we could link up with friends or we could go do X, Y, or Z. Like, the lack of options of not skating, where skating is going to be, like, the sad to say it, in certain on certain weeks, in certain weeks, like, skating is going to maybe be the coolest thing that I do. And so I think that, like, the lack of options, lack of variables in day-to-day life, where, like, if I don't skate, what the hell else am I going to do that's going to be that cool as cool as going skating so that adds to my guilt yeah you know what like i like to socialize at the spot uh so covid has been killing me because you know you can't really like post up and you know just like chit chat shoot the shit you it's much more business oriented when you're going out skating but it was interesting i remember sometime actually it was around this time last year right me and my buddy jack who does um a little company uh, called hospital flip and he has got a couple other projects in the mix. And we were had made a promise to go and skate transition every Friday for a month in January of 2020. And we did it. We went to this park called Harbor City. And I remember one time we were beat, we were there. And I noticed something that all the guys, right, regardless of age, were like, hey, what's up, man? Chatting, just like hanging out, you know, high five, checking out each other's boards, you know, gossiping, whatever. And there was uh, all the girls who were at the park were ripping, right? Like helping each other out, psyching each other up, you know, just like full on sessioning. And it was so interesting that the dudes were really not skating. Like there was this one group mm-hmm. of girls who were probably about 10. I think they had driven up from Orange County with their parents are nearby. And they're all just like learning tricks on the small quarter pipe and getting hyped. And there, here's the rest of us just like, hey, what's up, man? You're like, yo, you see that new polar edit? Like, yo, what about that bronze joint? Yeah. Like, yeah, it's so cool. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so I don't know. I, I I probably need to stop having as much fun, uh, social fun going out skating. But <laughs> I, I I should clarify. There are certain days where I don't know. I read the room. It's like sometimes everybody's got to skate, and then especially pandemic times, it's like, all right, we're actually just shooting the shit this whole time and kind of skating and you know talking about how bad the Timberwolves are. <laughs> <laughs> you know, have have your parents gotten vaccines yet? You know, I, I I wouldn't say that the gotta rip or you know permission to rip homies permission <laughs> granted. Like that's not that's not the the normal mo. But just uh, you know, it depends on the session. It depends on what's transpired in the three to five days since the last time I skated. I guess. The guilt thing is weird, though. Like, Templeton, like, would you say, like, like, how do you convince skaters to, like, hey, lean into doing nothing or doing something other than skating? Just, like, if you're at home and you got a day where you're not doing anything, don't feel bad about not skating. It's like, the sun's not going out next week. Going to be billions of years. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, we got billions of years. You can take a week off from skating. Um <laughs> Take a month off. Actually, you know what? I would, I would say maybe we should encourage it. I mean, absence makes the heart grow fonder, you know? Like, I feel like I always skate better after some time off. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, within reason, I feel like next next session I'll probably be pretty fucking rusty. But, um, yeah, if I haven't skated for a couple weeks and I skate, I'm usually doing pretty good. Yeah, like, th- there should be, like, like, in France, for example, right? There are people who take their extended summer vacation in July 
and the people take their extended summer vacation in August, right? Maybe there should be something like that for skating. Like everybody should take six weeks off, right? Four weeks off, whatever, right? Take an extended time off, no skating, right? Just none. Just like no skateboarding, no skate videos, no magazines. Just like go do other things and then get back to skating completely fresh. I think that would be especially good for for pros, you know, to kind of like refocus and come back to skating with new new eyes and new appreciation. Although I do know that there's some pros who will often go six months without skating or there were (laughs) at a certain time. I mean, hey, <laughs> life happens, you know, but I, I think like taking a, I don't know, maybe like this year, I don't know if this year is the year to experiment with it. I kind of want to take advantage of being healthy, but I, I think that would be kind of cool. Like encourage people like, hey, take the month of September off. I've, yeah, I've had I, quite some time off and I, I would very much like to get back on. <laughs> <laughs> See, yeah, I'm thinking about it in terms of how two weeks off is pretty good. Like, if you're skating regularly, you take two weeks off, you get back on, it's new, it's weird, it's loose, but you still got it. I can never really remember, like, the time frame when I really, really kind of, like, didn't skate enough, and I suffered for it, and I would mm-hmm. just get hurt. Like, I, I, I had, a, there was a time period, I think it's around 2000, uh, 2013, I would, like, skate every three weeks and regularly slam so bad that i'd like whack myself in the chest as i went down and knock the wind out of myself like Ooh. it was just a terrible epoch in my skating career and so i never want to go back to that but what i was saying if you skate regularly and then you take two weeks off especially if you're skating like the same zones a lot of the time you come back it's fresh and I think I think that can definitely help. I'm I'm wary. I'm wary because of my uh, knocking the wind out of myself phase. That uh, longer layoffs are any good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're right. Like they say that on vacation, right? That two weeks, right? Like at two weeks, right? Like fourteen, fifteen days, whatever. That uh, you 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 enter a period of like maximum chill, right? So let's mm-hmm. say, you know, back in the days of traveling, right? Like, let's say you you budget out a two-week vacation, right? And you take out a couple of days for travel, right? It actually ends up being two or three days. That actually makes sense because you feel super, at the end of those two weeks, you feel super, super, super refreshed. But I feel like it has to be a vacation vacation from skating. So similar to like when you take yeah. a vacation, ideally, if you are uh, you you know work an office job, you are not checking your work phone or your work email, you are completely checked out. Similarly, a skate vacation or vacation from skating, you're not doing anything skateboard related, you're not wearing skate shoes, you're not watching skate videos, you're not even you're not even pushing around the corner. I can't imagine going even a few days without watching a skate video. Like skate media consumption is such a has been such a part of my life for the past like i don't know maybe 15 (laughs) years or something yeah ever since i've been working in an office i mean it it could it might actually serve as a cool reset button right yeah it could be interesting like and also no skate twitter no skate twitter no slap nothing no online skate media either i'm talking about two weeks full detox no skate full detox can't imagine yeah i'm trying to think if i'd actually like that i do definitely feel like sometimes i don't want to see skateboard clips on instagram Mm -hmm. and it might be because there's kind of like a terminal velocity of just like none of this shit matters (laughs) does that does that kind of an analogy make sense you know it's totally enough of it and it's like oh it's all it's all the same it's all kind of like you know b minus footage that someone just put out there until something's actually really good so i don't know yeah you get you get numb to it so that that'd be good i could i could actually use just like less instagram consumption on the day-to-day yeah or you time your little skate you know vacation from skating around the sports tournament you like like say the nba finals yeah it would be helpful to have something else to put in skateboarding's place for that yeah. those times off you know or just like actually no just like take playoffs into the nba finals would be great yeah it it, it is interesting to think of like putting it putting a cap on this shared obsession of ours 
trying to think of workable ways. Do you guys, okay, maybe maybe shifting gears a little bit, but I mean, I think, yeah, Patrick and I are the same age unless I had a birthday sooner than he has. Templeton, you're in your 40s. We're in our 30s. Do you guys ever, when the guilt is coming on, and maybe we haven't squared away who's, who's feeling guilty and who isn't, every now and then, with that preamble, every now and then I'm like, this is finite, so shit, I should be skating today. Do you ever feel like it's going to run it, run out or run its course? Or like, that's, a, that's an actual thought in my mind, even though I know it's not like rational, mm. necessarily. I've had those feelings. Like, I, I ollied my first bump to bar at 35. And oh, yeah. part of the motivation was like, you will not be able to do this very soon. Like, it's now or never. Like, there's the one in town that's everybody's first bump to bar. Like, go do this shit or you will never do it. So I've had, I've had that feeling, but not in, in kind of a different way. Uh, and that feeling of just like, this, ain't, this, this won't last forever. So you got to get it while you can. Yeah. Yeah. You know what? I, I think I'm a little bit more, I'm a little bit more optimistic, especially since I kind of got over the hump of dropping in and learning how to skate transition um, I figure that can be that could be my retirement plan, and I figure okay, I turned 39 this year. I think I got at least I got at least a good another decade of being able to skate street street, and maybe a decade after that, and maybe being able to you know you know hit um, like a Venice type park. So, <laughs> and 20 years is a long time. I think that's pretty 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 good. Uh, maybe by then, like I can you know get into you know, get back into riding my bike and maybe, you know, become one of those cats who just buys a very expensive road bike and does that, you know. <laughs> but, like, I, I feel kind of like uh, I'm not doing any handrails anytime soon, you know. And also, skating has kind of evolved to a place now where you've normalized folks just doing uh, skating curbs, putting out very low-impact parts, right? Not even part, like, I would be happy just dropping a two-piece on Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> You know, like, you know, something like something, something like that. It doesn't have to be much. I don't think you have to do as much. So I don't I try not to, to trip out over the the age thing. And also, I feel like um, exercise has helped help me kind of get over that, get over that hump and feel like, hey, as long as I'm feeling healthy and I'm not feeling creaky and I'm limber, like I, I'm good. I'm good to continue doing this as long as I can. And I don't know who knows. Maybe I'll get into maybe I'll get into longboarding. There you go. Yeah. I, I, I should, as the person who brought up, like, the finite thing, uh, 2013, was that the year I flagged as being, like, a nadir, nadir? Mm -hmm. Nobody knows how to say that word. <laughs> uh, in terms of, like, being able to skate and finding the time to skate, it, like, nowadays, I'm like, look at it, and this is a weird humble brag or something, brag or boast, like, I'm no worse off than I was five years ago, I've realized, and so... I also have friends in their middle 40s, late 40s, um, one of the raddest, <laughs> one of the raddest skaters I can think of in town is going to turn 50 next year, and like, that's hyperbole, because nobody in Minneapolis really knows him, but he's been around forever, you know, mm -hmm. and like, I have all these examples in my life where, yeah, they're not phased, they're not, they're, you know, there's no excuse, and there's also proof that it can happen, and so when I, when I do get that feeling of, oh, this is finite, oh, you have to go now, I think I want to be like, yeah, no, it's okay if you take the weekend off, but also um, go do it anyways, because that just gets you that much further. Um, interviewed Day One Song for the Skateboard Meg 2008, I think. Yeah. And at that point, he was old, air quotes, for skateboarding i love it how that like the the definition of old and professional skateboarding has just completely gone exponentially older since 1992 or whenever yeah but at the time <laughs> i'm like day one day one how do you do it uh and i don't even know if this ended up in the interview that was printed but all he said was just skate every day and we're not talking about that necessarily we're talking about like skate two three times a week because we have day jobs he's skating every day and that's why he's able to do that 
but um, yeah, I think two to three times a week, and you're good. God, that sounds nice. Yeah, I wish. Yeah, <laughs> get get back out there. Are, are you are you trying to be pandemic responsible, or is it? Other no, just just other responsibilities, you know, work yeah. and home life. It's just, you know, not a lot of time for skating. Also, it's I live in Oregon. It's just extremely shitty outside. So it's not like I'm making a big effort to like make anything happen because it's like, you know, just a dank parking garage that's like cold. Yeah. And, like yeah. not even that fun. That, that, I'd rather be inside, like you know, by the fire or by the radiator. You know, some. Cocoa, whatever your 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 preferred, uh, you know, hot beverages. Like that sounds way better. Also, like you bring up an interesting thing about home life because I think that especially if you've got a partner, spouse, whatever, right, and you are in your late thirties, early forties, and skating, like it's built into the it's built into the family life. It's built into the uh, into the structure. If if y'all are beefing about it, if y'all if you oh like if, if you push it forty and you're beefing with your partner. About going out skating, <laughs> yeah, you got uh, you got some problems. Y'all like, shouldn't be married, y'all. Like, no, I don't think you make it this far. <laughs> I know. It's like if you're in your late thirties skating, right? Like that. That's built in. Like that's just something that you do. And also, it's a lot cheaper than golf. Oh my god, yeah. <laughs> well, I'm stoked that I don't play golf. And I think my partner I is too. Golf, man. <laughs> uh, which brings us to the end of our show where we talk about what we're stoked on. Patrick, what are you stoked on this week? I'm stoked on Spitfire Wheels, 55s or bust. I'm serious, y'all. 55s, 56s, big wheels. Or those aren't even that big. 60 is big. 55 is just right, especially if you, um, your roads haven't been repaved recently. Um, I just picked up a French-language copy of John Cale's autobiography. It's called What's Welsh for Zen. Uh, I'm very, very excited to read that. Love the Velvet Underground. Love his solo stuff and his production work even more. Uh, I've been... I, I kind of want those butter jeans. Those, <laughs> like, the baggy joints. Like, they, lo- they look fly. I really, really like them. And I like that really kind of like messy, wild uh, tribute to the late Jake Phelps that uh, Neckface did in Thrasher. Um, just because I was imagining Phelps's voice over it. Mike, what are you stoked on? You know, I am stoked on last night going skating. Thought my ass was too tired. Um, I'm completely spoiled because I can skate the indoor park here before or after hours. And the reason I'm stoked on going skating last night was because normally it's like, ah, uh, you know, like, let's get as few as, as few people here as possible. But last night, there ended up just being a bunch of, like, random kind of, like, mini crews that all have access to the park who all ended up there on a Wednesday night. And the reason that I'm stoked on all these people showing up is because um, probably needed to see friends and fellow skaters uh this week i think it was you know is across all media and skateboarding that henry gartland from the twin cities died and it yeah i wrote no notes for this so sorry for the halting halting oh good all but uh i knew henry not that well but he was a kid who was always around from the time that he was a kid like 10 11 12 so you know his parents being at the shop, you know him growing up, and he ended up being a great skater. Was like really integral with so many like the next generation of Twin City skaters from Third Layer Skate Park. Like there's a whole crew of like I swear a dozen really talented kids, all who are 19, 20 to 24 maybe tops. Like this tight knit crew. So he died extremely suddenly, and that hit me hard both as, as a skateboarder in the Twin Cities and as a parent, because I know, I know his dad, you know, that, that comes with the territory of being in skateboarding, working in skateboarding around town, cycling back, couple of shitty days, I ended up at the skate park and just got to be out with friends. Out with friends during the pandemic is amazing. We were responsible, but um, 
I was stoked on let's boil it down to the to the to the most base substance of it. Like I was just stoked on skateboarding with my friends uh, after some hard times, and uh, yeah, <laughs> forget forget about any guilt about skating or not. Go skate, do it. You'll probably be happier. That's that. Uh, that's probably the reason we get guilty in the first place because we always know we'll be happier if mm-hmm. we do skate. Yeah, especially if but it's it, especially if with it, if it's with friends and if you can see your friends, go see your friends. Yeah, exactly. Go, go see your homies, man. Like, don't share a blunt or anything like that. But you know, <laughs> don't share a blunt. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's my that's my public health PSA. But in in all seriousness, though, um, I think that. A lot of us not only drive, you know, we not only get a lot of happiness just from the act of skateboarding, it's being around other people and just feeding off their energy and their positive, hopefully their positivity and even just their presence. And I think that it's it, it people have uh, other skateboarders that you interact with on a regular basis, even if it's just on, a, on the casual tip, have a pretty can have a pretty powerful impact on you. Even if you just see them in passing and you just exchange hellos or you see them at the shop, you know, they become part of uh, they become part of your routine. And, you know, it's the last year has been really disruptive to that. And, you know, situations like this, when a young life is lost, you know, it can be really it's incredibly jarring. And it's, you know, may his memory be a blessing, you know, and, you know, condolences to his family. I mean, this is. It's not this this year is not getting any easier than last year and I think that's also really tough too putting it in context of everything that's been happening around us. Yes, thanks for that Patrick. Templeton, what are you stoked on? I am stoked on a new work camera that just came in this week. I make videos at my job. I'm not like the best or anything, but I am a retired skate filmer so I know my way around video camera and I got the DJI Pocket 2. It's like a little mini camera gimbal i fucking hate dealing with a dslr on one of those big gimbals but this is just like a nice single little package it shoots 4k and shoots slow-mo and all this shit so it's uh, i'm excited to have it going on a shoot on friday to uh use it and be stoked to be outside doing something instead of sitting on a computer all day so question. that's what i'm stoked on this week question do you have to white balance ever like do you flash back to your old skate filmer days and be like, who's got a white tee under their button down? I got a white balance. <laughs> uh, I, yeah, I do have to white balance sometimes. Um, and I, I suppose maybe you have printer paper around, though. Yeah, yeah, there's just paper around. But I used to carry <laughs> a white t-shirt in my camera bag to do white balance. Love it. That's, that's, the, that's how professionals roll. Well, that's it for our show this week. Be sure to check out MostlySkateboarding.net for links to things that we talked about and other show notes. Until next time, you can keep up with us all week online. Uh, I'm going to throw it to Mike. Mike, where can the people find you? I'm on the internet, on Twitter, and Instagram. Is Instagram actually part of the internet? It I'll is the that. internet. I'll leave that for scholars of the future. My, <laughs> handle, my handle on both is mmunzenrider. No, it's at M. Munzenreiter. Excuse me. Patrick, where are you on the internet and Instagram? <laughs> I think Instagram is on the internet because there's, um, there's, a, there's a URL for the sites for, yeah. for each page. So you can find me on Twitter at Colonel K Speaks. You can find me on Instagram and now on Clubhouse at P. Kigongo. Yes, I joined Clubhouse. I Ooh. really did it. <laughs> Templeton, where can the people find you on the internet? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at MostlySkate and on Instagram at MostlySkateboarding. Not on Clubhouse yet. Uh, we'll see you guys next week. Be safe, y'all.
chick is mine All I know is you got no money But that's got nothing to do Slime. A gun to my head, goodbye. I-